Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon <laughs> to you too, sir. Don't act like you're all forlorn and stuff. No, not forlorn. It's You know what it is? I'm, I'm on like my, I want to say, fifth cup of tea, which is interspliced with two cups of coffee. You have had a lot of tea today. Yeah. yeah. It, well, you know what? That's the great thing about these recording retreats is that you know they you, you record a lot of like like great stuff. You're, you're on mic pretty much you know from dawn till dusk, and your voice is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Right. No, right? it's true. Yeah. You got to keep the pipes going, man, and uh, in more ways than one. Got to uh, keep it going. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Those pipes, they are... Uh, they are precious to us. That's, this is especially very true. on Mike. This yep. is very true. You know, we, you know, actually, we, right before we hit record, we were, uh, you know, I was sharing with you. You know, we're we're, we're here. We're in the home stretch of uh, these yeah. these last couple of episodes. Oh, of that's right, Country Squire Radio. And actually, John David, in a matter of days, <laughs> like people will be at the Country Squire, uh, <laughs> celebrating for our recording of the big grand finale. Unreal, man. I'm 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 super excited for it. You know, I wow, I, unreal. I, I hesitate to say it, but let's just say that if you haven't made plans, you're gonna have to get a last minute flight or something. <laughs> you know, but if you head over to CountrySquireRadio.com or theCountrySquireOnline.com, all the information will be yeah. made available to you. Yeah, we we uh yeah we're 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 excited. Some ideas are coming together. It's gonna be a special moment, yeah. man. And I, I think we're gonna, um, I think we're gonna really have fun reliving the past ten years, oh, enjoying each other's company, yeah. having some laughs. <laughs> it, it's gonna be a great time. It's gonna be special. But yeah. like you know, we were just talking about, and I was kind of sharing some. You know, some some different things like, you know, of like, oh, man, you know, I wish we had kind of worked this into that and the other thing and like things we, we might have done. But, man, we are right here looking at the next couple of episodes. I think we've got about three or more of these bad boys. And this week we're going to we're going to be talking about something that's very near and dear to my my heart, which is kind of the pipe as it relates to storytelling. Yeah. And specifically yeah. the pipe as it relates to modern storytelling. And so I'm, I'm excited to just like dive into this. Let me ask you something. And yeah. this is a question that we've talked about before on the show and probably, you know, for, for those that have been supporting us on Patreon, uh, who's who've been able to go back into the archives of those first hundred episodes that are, you know, being uh, stored deep in the archives, being monitored the, by top men, the bowels of the archives. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know this is something that has come up, but we, when you think about the pipe, when you think about what that imagery, that symbolism like what? What are some images that come to your mind? The symbol, like what they symbolize, or just images in themselves? It's like, like the pipe is an icon. The pipe is a as a totem. The pipe is as as a piece of art. When you think like the and I don't mean necessarily you today. I'm actually referring to you. Yeah. The uninitiated early on your first exposure to pipes. Yeah. Where was kind of that? Like what? What? Where's what? Your mindset a about gentleman? That? Yeah. Or like a, the the dandy or the and gentleman? Why do you or, think that is though? Well, it, the pipe exudes to me sophistication hmm. something timeless that maybe is from a time where things were more thoughtful and stable yeah yeah i mean it, it to me it, it it just exudes that sense of stability and there's a regality there it, it, it's regal right yeah so let me ask you this though yeah why why are all of those attributes like why is that all connected to the pipe i would argue it's because of story it's because rather it's the stories of 
your your grandparents, your grandfather, whatever right. it may be, right. whether it's uh, characters that you've seen, like you know Sherlock Holmes, Gandalf, Hobbits, whatever it may be, all of these individuals that you may have studied, C.S. Lewis's Tolkien's, like these 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 folks that we have, these images that come to our mind, the reason why they they exist there, the reason why they set up shop in our brain, and the reason why these like broadly widely considered like you know staples of the icon of the pipe exist is because of the stories that surround the pipe the stories that surround them the stories that that we've developed over the centuries of people that smoke pipes that's right and who they are and what their character is that kind of thing i'm excited because next week we've got a kind of a a companionship episode we're going to be doing a a a half bowl histories talking about the the inklings which is yeah yeah a bucket list subject that I'm, i'm really excited to talk about but before even getting into that you know i think it's important to really talk about what does the pipe represent in the modern story yeah because you're right the pipe overall has has commonly represented this this feature of the gentleman, mm-hmm. of the knowledgeable, of the mm-hmm. thoughtful character. If you see mm-hmm. somebody smoking a pipe, if it's you know written or or drawn or portrayed on film, this person is smoking a pipe. You're supposed to instantly connect this with a thoughtful person, right? Whether that's an evil genius or <laughs> or someone who is much more of like you know the uh, the, the Sherlock type of uh, detective mind, right? Or someone who is you know more contemplative and kind of taking a chance to think more deeply. Rather than analytically, right? And so all of this is, is surrounded by the pipe. The pipe in the modern context, or rather, that, let, me, let me say that the character of the thoughtful person, the thoughtful individual, has changed in the modern context. Hmm. Smoking broadly in mm-hmm. film and in, in uh, media of all kinds mm-hmm. has always been there. You think about it, in the earliest days of Hollywood, you had all of these characters smoking on screen, right? Most yeah. of cigarettes. And because, you know, they had the actors, they were on screen, they had to do something. What are they going to do? It's kind of a, a, a device for filling time or like dealing with nervous energy. Exactly. Or, is that kind of the idea? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. The nervous energy, I think, is exactly right. Especially with like the, you know, the early, you know, Hollywood starlets and everything else. You yeah. know, kind of the calming their nerves as they're being captured on on film. Could you imagine some of those early ones not having the long cigarette holder kind of thing? You right. Know, all, that, all that type of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so you think about kind of that, that nervous tick has actually kind of transitioned into the modern era. If you see a character who is smoking a cigarette on screen, it typically communicates this person is a nervous wreck, hmm. right? They're trying to figure something out. They're shaking. They're, they're in this process of, you know, a mental maelstrom, right? Right. They're not finding solace. They're not finding contemplation. They're trying to honestly just get it. Soothe. Yeah, they're trying to soothe the craziness around right. them. Right, And so that's kind of carried on in a very specific format. Cigars, which we feel much more of a kinship to as kind of our cousins in the premium pipe tobacco world. Right, right. Cigars from the earliest days in which they're portrayed both on screen and in books is there to communicate power more than anything else, right? If this yeah. person, if you see a person, a character that's smoking a cigar, more often than not, this person is powerful. They've got wealth. They've got some sort of influence. They are there to command the situation. Yeah, it's not even sophistication. It's more just raw power. Exactly. Yeah. And raw yeah. power could be an evil thing. It could be a good thing. But regardless, yeah. it's just to visually Strength. communicate. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In the modern context, the thinker archetype has transitioned. It is no longer the pipe smoker that we see. It is now the pot smoker, right? 
That's so interesting. Like when you see a character, when the, when the character is a philosopher or, you know, kind of a deeper thinker in kind of modern media and modern storytelling. They're rolling a joint. They're smoking weed, man. Right. They're not smoking a pipe. Right. right? And if they are, it's certainly not, not right. a pipe tobacco <laughs> pipe. Yeah. I mean, I guess you do. There probably are some instances of that, but... But yeah, mostly it's it's probably, hey, I'm this cerebral person trying to deal with this complex issue that's thoughtful and uh, requires... Or they're providing insight into, you know, they're that Gandalf or that Yoda, yeah. that, that character that's got like, you know... Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they represent that kind of mindset. Now, yeah. here's the deal. That's I know... It's interesting the shift has really taken place and I, I could see I could see that. I yeah. should actually pre- like all of this. This is kind of a theory that I've been like working through yeah. over the years, honestly, since even the earliest days of this podcast, which is right. why it's nice to kind of circle back and talk about this. Yeah, really. Because we, when we started this podcast, we talked about how I think on and off mic about how the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit films, kind of the heyday that those had at kind of reinvigorating the Tolkien legacy has also done a great job at reinvigorating for a new era and a new generation, kind of the pipe as it relates in pop culture. Yeah. It was specifically through the acknowledgement that with the conclusion of the Hobbit films, the pipe was likely about to slip away from pop culture, which is why we thought it was important. Or, you know, I, I really strongly pitched the concept of we need a pipe culture. We need to do a series yeah. that really communicates what the pipe is, what the pipe has been, and what right. it represents, right? And so, which is why that series even came to be. You know, that's true. I remember the origins of that series yeah. now that we're sitting here thinking about that. I really haven't thought about it in connection to our discussion today until just now. Like we, we really did. We wanted to, to explore just that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like even the, the, the more modern interpretations of Sherlock, Sherlock is no longer smoking a pipe. Sherlock has a nicotine patch. Right. Or, you know, like that's like the, this, this, this very important icon has been completely removed. Right. Replaced with either a nicotine patch or replaced with pot. Right. Right. Uh, Right now we're in a city right now where (laughs) you can't smoke a pipe anywhere. It's safer to smoke pot than it is to smoke a tobacco. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So this is, Something that has been very heavy on my mind, I think, over the last several years is that we, as a community of pipe enthusiasts, we either have or are actively losing the moment on the narrative of the pipe Hmm. and how this plays out into modern media. Hmm. So, you know, earlier last or late last year, you know, I, I, I did this campaign, spent a lot of time into it, of trying to kind of get this this concept of Eversale, this this yeah. audio drama. Yeah. And it's this story that I wanted to tell and and do in an audio format. You know, sadly, unfortunately, we didn't get the kind of support we needed to make it happen, which, you know, is fine. My mindset going into it is with audio dramas, audio dramas are a dime a dozen and they are not profitable. So if it was if it's worth making, then we yeah. need the support up front. Some people didn't get that. They're like, well, just make it anyway. And I'm like... <laughs> Like, no, you got to like, well, we this need, has yeah, to make I mean, sense. Yeah. And it, it, you're right. Right. Exactly. It's a business, not a charity. Like this does have to actually make, make sense. And you know, we've got a lot of different people we want to bring into this project to do it right. And I do hope that one day that, you know, ever so will be able to, yeah. to find its place either as a novel or something. Yeah. But yeah. regardless, one of the things that was important to me as I was writing these characters is incorporating the pipe into the the narrative. We've got this character of Captain Blackstone. He's kind of the parental figure here, the fatherly figure. He's completely failed his daughter, but at the same time, he is now like caught in this battle of ideas with his daughter who he feels has kind of gone astray, but at the same time, he has no right to speak into her life because he's abandoned her. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so this kind of tension exists between the two. 
And you know, one of the things that I was like very cognizant of as I'm developing this character is like he's a pipe smoker. This guy, this guy has got a cellar in his captain's de- like in his captain's desk that could rival like Russ Hicks. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this dude, you know, and like you know, have the pipe, you know, incorporated into who this character is, but not as a way of saying that this 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 story is all about a pipe smoker or all about smoking pipes. Because when you do that you kind of create this agenda in storytelling which makes really bad stories. So if the whole point of it was just to include the pipe... It would be a terrible story. It'd be a failure. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, right. And, and, it and would, they're, yeah. It would feel like preachy to some extent and everything, like over the top and everything else. You think about Tolkien, in no ways is Tolkien trying to sell the concept of smoking a pipe to the, to the reader, at least right. not with any kind of intentionality. Right. But he's got all of these pipe smoking characters. It's woven through it's so woven masterfully. Through yeah. Exactly. He, and Tolkien, we'll talk about this more next week, but Tolkien cared deeply about narrative yeah. and world in story. Yeah. But because he was a pipe smoker, so much of that, so much of his experience, informed and so much of his desire his story, yeah. informed his story. Yeah. So we have to recognize as a pipe smoking community that we need to be creating these stories and crafting these stories and like making them happen, not with the end game of like, this is a pipe smoker or something of that nature. Yeah. But with that in mind, because I'm telling you, man, like I remember very specifically, I'm like, you know, after these Hobbit movies are gone, like who's going to be exposed to the pipe? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like where, and, where are our modern day pipe smoking characters? And we are still reaping the rewards in some ways as a pipe community. There's a lot of people that are smoking a pipe right now that 15 years ago, yeah. or I guess the Hobbit movies were 10 years, whenever they were, yeah. like they started because of that. Right. And a lot of those people bought one church warden, turned around and left. Sure. You know, and, and the, that, pipe is probably still in their parents' basement or whatever, but, <laughs> you know, but, but a lot of those people stuck around yeah. and they're, they're pipe smokers now. And, and, but yet that there really hasn't been the content that's followed that up. The thing is though, how do you do that if you're not, I mean, I guess you don't, if you're not a storyteller or a content creator right. or a, a playwright, like how, how do you, how can, how do we do that? See, this, this is, this is where, this is where I think it's important you know, throughout the course of the history of the show, there has been, I would say, a bit of a tension that's existed between the pipe geek and the pipe nerd. Yeah. You know, that's a tension that we have felt. We talked about this before, but the idea here is that you've got the pipe nerd who's really deep into like the the texture of the burly and the the very specific, you know, mm-hmm. shank, you know, like and gets like really detailed into exactly mm-hmm. how much you know, Virginia Perique is in something or another, like whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And like, that's probably like everything I just said is like the most shallowest of hot takes <laughs> for the pipe nerd. You know what I mean? Right. Like the right butane light. You know what I mean? Like, like, like really, really yeah. gritty stuff. Whereas the pipe geek is more interested in the, in the artistry of the pipe and the uh, artistry of the pipe tobacco and the story that exists there. Hmm. And what needs to happen is that we need to be cognizant and we need to be more engaged as a community beyond just, Oh, this is the best thing to smoke. 
Yeah. Or, oh, this is the best, you know, cut of this or that thing. We need to be cognizant of who else is doing things. Brian has done a great job on his show of lifting up, you know, creators and artists and, you know, yeah. and everybody who's worked in all these different spaces. At one point, you know, when we were doing interviews, I was very specific about, you know, I, I don't want to interview industry people. I want to interview people who are doing other things yeah. that also just happen to smoke a that pipe. That happen to smoke a pipe. Because yeah. those are the people that we need to, you know, to, to showcase. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's important. And I think, you know, as I think about, you know, what, what the future holds for us as a community is that we have existed during this time and tried to hold that tension. You know what I mean? That, that there is like this, there's this art and there's this industry. Hmm. There's this, there's the, there's the nerd and there's this geek, but the art has to be supported and the art has to be seen and the art has to be like, we need to know, you know, what pipe smokers are making stuff and how do we support that? Yeah. Like, so okay, so for example, with with the Eversell thing, you know, early on, who 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 stepped up to support this? People listening to the show, yeah, sure. Like like first immediately, who were the people that stepped up to support this and say, hey, I want to I want to see that? There's people in this show, mm-hmm. and while this project didn't make it off the ground, like I really encourage you to to look and see like where other like quality characters are smoking, you know, like pipe smoking characters exist, right? And be there to support those projects and be there to to you know, see them through to the you know mm-hmm. whatever the next level is. Yeah. And if you're creating something, let us know. Let let people around you know. Let the pipe community yeah. know. Like, hey guys. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to speak for our pipe tobacco. I don't know what their rules are or anything like that. But like, like, you know, go on forums and just ask like, hey, I'm working on this comic book series. Or I'm working on this, this novel or whatever it is. Uh, maybe, and it, maybe it does uh, have a pipe smoking character in it. Like, you know, share that. That needs to be shared. People need to know right. about that. Don't tuck that away. I think it needs to be up yeah. in the forefront. It, it, it's hard to know, you know, the best way to, um, to carry on without being that super, like over the top intentional thing, like I'm going to write a book just to promote the pipe. Right. Exactly. Like, cause that's where my mind goes. But at the same time, like there's a lot of stories that can be told using the pipe as a prop or as a resource or as a tool. And so it's like, and, and uh, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people in the pipe community are creatives and, and do do a lot of artistry around the pipe, you know? Um, and, and and we need more of that. We but that's do, the thing. We do need more. Of we that. do a lot of that for us, but we need to do it for out. You know what I mean? Like it for for more than just for us. more than just us. Like yeah. we need to support each other in making things that go out beyond just us. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm really talking about. And because that's where like those of you who did pick up the pipe because of Lord of the Rings, because of C.S. Lewis, because of you know uh, 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 Sherlock Holmes, whomever it may be, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And we need that in the modern era. You know, it, it first it comes to mind is uh, an artist who is very talented. His name's Jake Weidman, mm. and he is a uh, he's a penman. He Jake is a uh, he, he's a he's a pen artist. And I, the only way I know how to describe that is like, does he make pens or he he, he makes uses, drawings with pens? He draws with pens, yeah, yeah. like fa- fountain pens, calligraphy, that that type of thing. And, you know, he has, he must be a pipe smoker because he has worked several pipe related motifs kind of into his, into his work. And, and they're all beautiful, but not over the top. You know, it's just really, he's very talented. Uh, Yeah. If you go to Jake Weidman, J-A-K-E-W-E-I-D-M-A-N-N.com, 
He um, is really thoughtful about all everything he's done. I think about Russ Hicks also has featured the pipe several times. Yeah, in his that's right. As well. That's right. Yeah, I just you know, and so finding those things and you know knowing how to knowing how to support them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so it's it's funny because originally my concept for this episode was I wanted to kind of almost kind of cathartically share the story of this pipe smoking character and what was going to be this, uh, this series. And, you know, as I started kind of like putting my thoughts together around it, I realized, you know, I, I want more characters like this to exist. So I think it's less about the character that I was going to make and more about the characters that other people are working on right now that need that kind of support. You know what I mean? Um, I will say though that I, you know, I, I've, I've, I want to do something for, especially for our patrons and for our supporters of the show. And I'm going to put out the script for the pilot episode on our Patreon for yeah. the pirate's daughter so that, you know, folks, even if, you know, uh, you know, even if it does one day see the light of the day or it doesn't, uh, if you're, if you're curious, if you want to listen or if you want to rather read it, um, it's out there for you to see. But I think it was kind of a cool, I think it was kind of a cool story. Um, in which we were going to tell, you know, there's a concept of this woman, uh, who we were going to take her through this journey of kind of going from being this, this, uh, essentially a nun who, you know, was born a pirate or her father dropped her off on the, the footsteps of this Abbey abandoned her. She wants to join this religious order. She's got all of this anger inside of her. So she has to make peace with her father first before the church will really accept her. Mm-hmm. And in so doing, she ends up going on this journey with her father you know, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of being super derivative. So basically then it becomes basically the Godfather where you have this kind of call to arms of these right. five pirate Lords, because one of them wants to rise up and declare himself as king of the seven, king of the five seas. And so she gets, you know, her father's basically like, I'm not, you know, you're, you're coming with me and we're going to kind of work through this along this journey. And basically this debate goes between these two where she is very, torn between this desire to have left, you know, she left this world, this kind of pirate world, but at the same time, she, she longs for the family that rejected her, right. To be part of that. But she also, because of what she was raised in the church to, to see despises them all and Mm. sees them all as like these villainous individuals. Mm. Whereas her father very much wants her to understand that, you know, you say this, but the government that that supports this, the 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 civiliz- you know, the quote unquote civilized world is anything but. Right. You know, what we're doing is rebelling against us. They paint us as monsters because they don't want you to see, you know, the the horrors that they are actively mm-hmm. actively doing. And so there's this tension, but he has no right to say that because he abandoned his daughter. So there's this tension that exists <laughs> between the two. And ultimately, about midway through the first season, her father was going to die and be assassinated. And this was going to put her on this path. She goes back home and and she sees that the sisters that had raised her in the church have all actually been slaughtered by the government who's actively trying to hunt her because they want leverage over her, her father. Wow. And so this puts her on this, she becomes kind of radicalized at this point and, and puts her on this path to uh, become a captain and enter into this essentially pirate civil war that exists over the course of the next two seasons where, <laughs> you know, we, we end up seeing where it goes from there, but I think it would have been really special. I really wish I could have told the story Yeah, and I, I really do hope it won't one day, one day you'll get the chance. I hope I will. One day you'll get the chance. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it'll, it'll be fun to see how it all, all goes. But the idea was that her father, her father's ship was called the Banshee's blade. And it was the ship that, was gifted to him when uh, her mother died. Uh, basically, you know, he he you know when he's younger, he falls in love with this woman. She's part of this roving kind of Viking esque tribe of uh, ships. She has this this ship called the Banshee's Blade, 
they have this kind of love affair. And then when he returns to her and her people, she's not there. And they, they say that, you know, she died in a hunt and she left him his ship. And also this little girl, that's his daughter that he, he just met for the first yeah, time. And, yeah. And is, is now kind of tasked with raising this child. Oh and, my gosh. And so she, she'll go on to kind of take over the, the Banshee's blade and, and uh, sail it as, as kind of the new captain Blackstone. Of course, her father was Captain Blackstone. She'd be Stella Blackstone. So she becomes the new Captain Blackstone. And but her, her father's pipe rack would, would always be kind of right, <laughs> right there in the cabin, <laughs> right alongside of her and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just finding kind of ways to incorporate that was, was kind of fun and, uh, and I think would be fun. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. There's a lot of lore, a lot of world building that went into that. And it's so interesting because in order to tell a story, like one of the things I learned throughout the process of trying to get that story ready for even just the Kickstarter is it takes a ton of work to even just try. Right. You know, cause you have to develop out the story. You have to hire, you know, in my case, I'm a dyslexic. So I had to hire a writer right. who actually wrote out the script and I worked with her on that. And that required more developing of the world, the lore, the background, the characters. You have to understand every single one of the, you know, you have to really fully develop them just to get to the point of like, Hey, not, I, not just do I have an idea. I've got something here, you know, and then you kind of come, come to it and it's like, well, people aren't ready for this yet. Well, okay. That's okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put it away and we'll, we'll hopefully find a, a home for it one day. And, but, and the, and the basis of it could wind up becoming something else yeah. or you know it, that's it's it's still it's still valuable yeah exactly yeah but my big my big thing that i thought about afterwards was like man you know we've got to be on the lookout as a pipe smoking community yeah for folks that are trying to incorporate a modern interpretation of the pipe right that speaks to thoughtful complex characters right you know what i mean because this is the risk and this is what I see. And, and and I know there's exceptions. I know folks will probably write in and say like, oh, well, there's this character that pops up on this television show and yada, yada, yada on, you know, some British network that no one's ever heard of. No no, no. <laughs> and I apologize to our British listeners who like French television. <laughs> but like the reality is, is what I see happening is the pipe becomes a literal prop yeah. within a show or within a movie. And what I mean by that is the character is using it as a prop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a prop on the set. No, the character is actively using it as a prop, almost in kind of a joke fashion. In a, right. Perhaps even alluding to something that it used to represent, but now it just represents something that it alluded, like that it's alluding to as opposed to what it is. Or what we see is it come back up whenever anybody's making a Hugh Hefner reference. Right, right. Something so seedy like that. we see, right. and, and then, and that's the other thing too, is because you do see the, we talked about the various archetypes over the years, and we talked about the archetype of the, the father, the fatherly figure sitting there. That figure is often, and I think fairly critiqued in a lot of different ways, but what ends up happening is the pipe ends up in that imagery. So what we're going to see, if we're not careful, is we're going to see the pipe become this symbol of kind of like these skeezy individuals hmm. Hmm. because that's what's remaining of what the pipe represents in modern, yeah. in the modern media and the modern mythology and the modern lexicon. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, it's just, it's something I want people to be cognizant of. So all, if you, if you, if you create content out there that doesn't relate to the pipe, but you just feel led to sprinkle some in, in a way that, you know, reinvigorates it as a, well, I mean, like if it makes sense for the character, like yeah. the, I'm, I'm, yeah. don't get, because this is, this is the tension, John David, like it's, I'm, I'm big on like character and narrative first. You know what I mean? Like right. that always has to be the case. You know, it's, it's the difference. We talked about this, but it's the difference of like, like a Christian character in a movie 
or a television show versus like a Christian movie or television show. Christian movie, television show, I'm sorry, y'all. It's going to be bad. They're bad. They're right. just bad and dumb and silly. But you get but, like a great example, Daredevil. Daredevil is very Catholic. They don't shy away from the fact he's Catholic. It is part of who that character is. Mm -hmm. It is woven throughout his entire story. If you know right. the character of Daredevil, you know he's Catholic. But this is not in a Catholic apologetics you know, show that they're I guess trying they're, to they're not trying to necessarily make you Catholic. By it's watching. part of the, right. the culture of the character. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think some communities are really bad about understanding. Yeah. Like there's a way to write a character where this is part of their culture, as opposed to this is what the whole thing has to be about. Right. And so like, I'm not saying it all has to be about that, but we need to look out for that. And we need to look out for, you know, you know, pipe smoking characters yeah. that are yeah. interwoven into these things. And so anyway, I just, hmm. Yeah. So I want to inspire, I want to say this to inspire folks. I know we've got writers. I know we've got folks that are creating content. Let people know, let people know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, cause and you know, whether or not as pipe or not, you always want to make sure you're putting your stuff out there and not keeping it to yourself. Yeah. And that we're supporting people in our community. Regardless. Just in general, yeah. of course, but especially if they, if we've got an avenue to support, you know, these kind of works of fiction, where there are modern interpretations, modern positive interpretations right. of pipe smokers, y'all, we've got to do that because I'm telling you, I've been feeling this for a couple of years yeah. and, and like, like this is like it's even, sli it's slipping away. I'm telling you, man, like yeah. even the earliest days with the pipe culture series, like I've, I've been feeling this for a while. It's interesting. And so, you know, yeah. it's something we got to do. In fact, I'll even this, uh, this last little bit, I'll share this. I remember very specifically a long time ago, a long time ago. I don't know where we were in the, like maybe, maybe in the first hundred episodes still. I remember I wanted to make a podcast about telling a story. Like the idea was like, it was going to be a podcast about like how a story comes to be. How do you craft characters? How do you craft narrative? Wow. Kind of in the spirit of like a Tolkien and think about like, what would it be to actually craft a story together as a community publicly on a podcast? Right. And I wanted to do it as kind of part of country squire radio, I pitched you that idea and you were like, no. <laughs> and I was like, ah, okay. I was like, I really wish we could have done it. Cause I thought like, this is such a good thoughtful space for yeah. this. And it wasn't yeah. even going to be part of country squire radio. It's gonna be like a secondary show. Yeah. Or something, something different. Like that. Yeah. But yeah, at the time you just, I don't think you, you, you couldn't see the vision. I crushed it. your dream. You crushed my dreams. <laughs> it crushed my dreams. But no, it, it was, but it was something that I really felt like there was a moment for, for something like this. We got to be on the lookout for this, y'all, because I'm telling you, if we're not careful, like we're going to be painted in those skeezy robes and, you know, with the pipe. And it's just it's not the modern myth yeah. that we want for the pipe. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fair. I, I'm sure I'm sure I ruffled some feathers, man. I know people are going to say, probably like, what, did. what about this character? What about this character? How dare you say that? Like, like, no, look, I love like like quality modern. But I'm but I'm, you ask any any person on the street. Yeah. Gandalf's going to come to mind in Sherlock Holmes. Y'all, if those are still the two characters, don't get me wrong. Iconic characters for the ages. We need some new characters. We need some new ones. Yeah. We need some new icons. So there it is. Hey, you know who's really good about like making iconic products? Missouri Meerschaum. Missouri Meerschaum. <laughs> Always making iconic products, man. You know, talk about legends. We talked about legend pipe and what a legendary thing that is. What if you if if you had to kind of like, you know, it's actually kind of interesting, right? Because you they've got like the Mark Twain, you've got kind of the, yeah. the Huck Finn and the Tom Sawyer of, of the the Missouri Meerschaum pipes that you've got. And you've got these kind of classic Americana characters, right? That have like sustained us throughout the ages. Frosty the snowman. They put a, a snowman uh pipe up this last yeah. past Christmas, yeah. which was awesome. And uh, you know, Santa Claus and otherwise. So the corncob pipe has been a feature throughout most of our great narratives and storytellers and, and whatnot throughout the years, and, and hopefully we'll continue to do so, man. What uh what what are you smoking these? 
these days from Missouri Mersham? Well, I really like the look of the Boone corncob pipe. Boone. The it's Boone. a Boone. The Boone is beautiful. It's it's it kind of reminds me, frankly, of the uh, of the country gentleman, but it has a really handsome emerald green stem. Yeah. Very simple, but certainly makes a statement with a a nickel of ferrule on the end of the shank. It's just very very attractive. So one of those pipes that you know I think uh, I think is here to stay, and and folks will really enjoy. You know, certainly a statement maker. Absolutely. So, yeah. Go to corncobpipe.com and check it out. And of course, the folks in Washington, Missouri will send a boon or some other corncob pipe directly to your front door. I'll tell you what, man, they get it too. They had the whole, they had the Tiberius, they had the Riker, they go to the, the Cobbett series of pipes as well. Speaking of which, you know what? This is actually, this is proving my point. <laughs> that new that new Lord of the Rings Fellowship show yeah. thing that came out or uh, the the but Rings of Power whatever it's called yeah yeah looked gorgeous not one of them smoking a pipe there you go that's what's happening y'all and I'm that's, sorry that's what happened is so it's like like look you've got to get behind anyway yep <laughs> all right soapbox over <laughs> go 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 buy Missouri Mirror <laughs> that's right <laughs> enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at Bet MGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question of the week, man. Here's somebody who understands the lore and myth of the pipe. Jeremy Dukes. Jeremy Dukes writes in and he says, pipe cleaners, uh, they come in soft and fluffy and hard and bristled. I've always tended towards the hard cleaners because I refurbish so many pipes and use those bristles to really get in the gunk out. But some swear that soft is the only way to avoid damaging the stem. What are the two different cleaners intended to be used for? Is this preference or are they actually separate for functions? Great question. Yeah, I, I have always thought of the different pipe cleaners being for different functions. I, You know, I, the only people I know that regularly use 
bristled cleaners that, and when we talk about bristled cleaners, we're talking about the, you know, they typically have like a little red tint to the cleaner. They'll put a little red cotton strand in there. And then, and then they also have the metal pieces inside the cleaner. That's, you know, that can help scrape the inside of your pipe basically. Right. right? right. So the only people I know that use those regularly for regular pipe maintenance and not just like cleaning gunked out pipes. I mean, just honestly are folks that don't clean their pipe regularly like like they're just folks that don't they just don't clean their pipe as often as maybe i would recommend you do you know what i mean yeah. so so I, I mean for me those heavy build-up pipes i mean you're gonna you're gonna need something more than probably just a simple pipe cleaner to get a lot of that carbon build up and and stuff out so that that is what that's for some people really do prefer the bristled cleaners but I, most of what i see is just folks that don't you know, don't clean their pipes very often. Frankly, they'll they'll use the bristled cleaners to kind of kind of get through that. But yeah, they they really are. I, I would if if you have an option, I would try to use a standard pipe cleaner or a tapered pipe cleaner. Tapered pipe cleaners are nice because they do have a fluffy end on one end, and then the other end is very skinny. And so that taper will kind of you know if there is a little heavier buildup, it'll get that a little cleaner. The only thing about a tapered cleaner is sometimes if your shank, the draft hole in either the stem or the shank is a little narrow, that taper might be a little difficult to get in there because it is so fluffy. But I would recommend one of the softer cleaners if you can, just for regular usage. I think you know it, you know it's kinder on your stem and the shank to leave the bristle just for uh, just just for you know restoring older pipes, heavy carbon buildup, that type of thing. Uh, if you can, we polish pipes, we clean pipes thinking they'll last forever and a good pipe will last for a really long time. But every time you polish a pipe or anything like that, it, I'm thinking mostly polishing pipes. Whenever you polish a pipe, you're removing material from that pipe mm. and you can only do that so many times. You know, when you polish the stem of the pipe, you can only do that so many times and and so you think about using a bristled cleaner that goes for the inside of the pipe as well right i mean that goes for the inside of that air that draft hole as well at some point you can only scrape the inside with metal out that many times so i, I you know if you can it, unless it really calls for it i'd stick with the uh, the standard cleaner all right yeah well, there you go great uh, great question jeremy thanks so much for sending that in appreciate the lovely insight that john david is always able to provide on how to clean clean our pipes. <laughs> no, it, but it is, it's a passion topic for you, I know. So it's always I good just, to get I'm questions. All, I feel like the dentist that always tells you to floss. It's just yeah. like, well, just clean your dog on pipe. No, that's good, man. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thanks so much for sending that in, Jeremy. Quick, Quick fire, fire with the Squire. squire. Quick fire quest, Jones. Ow! All right, man. So, so hang on just a second. Because some of y'all, all right, hang on, hang on. Some of y'all on that Rings of Power thing, you're thinking like, well, they didn't have pipe tobacco because that came from the Hobbits and that wasn't the Circa whatever in the thing. And y'all are all like Ooh. talking. Here, hang on, hang on. But I want to address this because I don't want to spoil the end of the first season if people hadn't seen it. But that wasn't supposed to happen in the timeline either. So they are, they're playing fast and loose with the continuity. <laughs> They're playing fast and loose with the continuity so that they can keep things in the ways of the iconography that we all know and love from that franchise. And therefore, there's an intentionality to exclude the pipe. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. That's all I'm saying. So 
because but, let's talk about how prevalent it was in those in those a, other movies. Exactly, it was in your face. That pipe it's was in, in your, face, your face, all over the place. Not one of them smoking. I had so many great characters that could have been pipe smokers throughout. There's so many great scenes that could have incorporated pipe smoking throughout that entire thing, but they didn't. Not one of that was an intentionality that was egregious. <laughs> I, I, all right, that sorry, was egregious. It was egregious. It's egregious. But this is what I'm saying. All right, I know I'm like, you know. This this is an it's an interesting up anyway. Quick fire questions. I think there, there's a vein bulging on on uh on on Bo's forehead right now. Quick fire questions. <laughs> uh, pass the Jota question and then these quick fire questions. Okay, this is interesting. Answer the following question: What do you hope to find in? So you are in one of these locations, okay, and you're hoping to find something. What do you hope to find? Okay. All right. So you are in an antique store and you hope to find an ashtray. Oh, when I'm in antique stores, yeah, I look for cool old ashtrays wow okay and because you don't find them anymore you cannot go to you know you used to be able to go to the department store and just you know like oh i want to buy some fine china and maybe some flatware for some silverware rubber looking ones but then you can find like but then you could find like a fancy ashtray to go like you can't find them anymore you know i mean not not really nice ones you know so i always look for those when i go to (laughs) an antique store I always, I actually, I do. I always look for pipes. Like that's pipes yep. or a pipe rack. Because typically, if they've got pipes, they have them in some sort of display yep. uh, type situation. I uh, look for that or um, records or a um, like a brandy set. Yeah, you know what I mean, like I've my grandmother has one that you know I'm the oldest of a lot of cousins. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and my grandmother, thank God, is is doing just fine. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like one way or the other, I, I love that brandy set. It'll always be in her possession or somebody else's, but it will not be in mine. So I, right. like, every single time, I'm always kind of looking looking for Something that. like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. A secondhand store like Goodwill or Salvation Army? I'd probably say a dress shirt. Okay. Yep. Okay. I've That's bought good. a few dress shirts at places like that. Hats, you know. Hats um, are good. If they're good quality. Yep. You know, I always kind of like, like to scan for that. Yep. A used book or music store like McKay's? I don't know. I, I've never really thought about... You know what I would? I, I, obviously, I don't frequent those places. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like a cool old sci-fi book, okay, or or, or a cool old history book. One one of those two. I like I like records that feature prohibition era music. Okay, like that's something that I always kind of like find interesting. We, like jazz or yeah, jazz mostly. But like what yeah. I love is it, like because one of the things that my wife and I really enjoy at the end of the day is having a cocktail. And right. So like playing that like. Trying to get that speakeasy music vibe that going. goes with it. Yeah. yeah, there's this one record we found. It was called like, like piano cocktails or something like that. Uh-huh. And that's that's a favorite. <laughs> and like we found some like it's it's something that we enjoy doing from time to time if we were able to go out is like you know, visit one of the used record stores and just like go through the you know fifty cent bin, dig through them. Yeah, it doesn't have to like you know the 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 scratch the more scratchy the better because that just adds to it's like part of it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm all for it. That's fun. At a yard sale, garage sale, rummage sale, etc. At a yard sale, I definitely look for pipes. I, I feel like I have more. I, I feel like I have more success with pipes at a yard sale than I do at thrift stores yeah. or antique malls. That makes sense. But I don't know why. Because some, I, yeah, I don't know why. But well, anyway, you can yeah, find I'd, better stuff where the the people selling it don't know what they got. For yeah. Thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. That makes sense. I I look for uh, fishing gear. Yeah, I, never, okay. I never find any, but I always look for fishing gear, and I also always. And very well, and I, I will say I always get stemware, like um, especially if like unique like cocktail gla- glasses. glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
In fact, we've got these awesome, like cool classic kind of, uh, those classic wide champagne looking cocktail glasses. Yeah. The you know old school 1920s, uh, champagne glasses. Yeah. yeah. So we got those actually those in a, in a yeah. actually I guess it was a house sale, but, um, yeah, but yeah, that was great. Or an estate sale, which this next one is at an estate auction. Estate auction. That's what he says. He says when someone dies and they auction off their stuff. I don't go to the, any of these things. No, but I've never I, been but, to an auction. But before. I would say probably artwork. Oh, that's pretty good. I think art. I think if I went to one, I would like to look for artwork. If I was going to be part of an auction, then something like artwork would be ideal. Um, yeah. If I if I was just like balling like that. Right. <laughs> right. That's not exactly the situation. Furniture. Up until recently, yeah, furniture is good. If you're going to like a, I, I, I. I yeah, like especially yard sales. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Up until recently, like furniture, we in fact literally just before this trip, I think there's one item of furniture that I need to get from my trip to New Orleans coming up, and it's my grandfather's old desk I'm inheriting. Yeah, and so that's going to kind of complete my home office. You'd mention that, that's but like cool. literally right after Christmas, we just got a new bed. My wife and I just got a new bed. And we just got a new um, buffet for the dining room. Yeah. And like with it, it was like, oh, everything, like literally we've lived here for two or three years now. And finally our house is actually complete. You know, like there's been like these little items. <laughs> those here, little there, holes everywhere. here and there. Yeah. It's wild. Like we got, it's a nice bed that we ended up getting. And um, it came right on time because I've been having so many like back problems and everything else. And then, you know, you are get, getting old, Bo. I'm telling you what, man, got a We're new mattress. Old. I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Had to get a new bed for it. It's fantastic. But uh, yeah, That's so great. probably furniture. Absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you, Pastor Judd. Appreciate that. And those quick fire questions. You know, uh, always glad to share a little bit about ourselves. You know, I feel like throughout this episode, I've shared a little bit about myself. Uh, you know, I got, I got, I've been getting a little preachy here and there. So I apologize if I got a little too preachy. But I'm telling you, they're not out there. The pipes are not out there. We got we to gotta find them and we got to support them. And we got to create them. That's right. Your, your thoughts, thoughts, your, your comments. comments. Listener feedback. All right, man. Listener feedback. Uh, this is from Garcon Fernandino de Anito. He says, he uh, says, hi, Bo and Master John David. He's so kind to always call me, call me well, Master Well, because you're a master of pipes. Oh. Did you forget, you, did you forget this? I did. <laughs> well, I was like, I mean, I'm not, you know, I just, it's, it's a, did you think it was a slight to me? No. Well, maybe. Wow. <laughs> no, it's like, wow. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, a, it's very nice. Well, okay. Anyway. Uh-huh. Hi, Bo and John David. I am writing you guys to share with you and all Country Squire Radio community a bit about a special Brazilian folklore character deeply connected with pipe and pipe smoking called Sassi Pereira. I'm probably butchering completely this name, but he says uh, there's accents on it and all this kind of stuff. And in Brazilian, they speak Portuguese and I can't hardly speak English. So anyway, um, <laughs> Sassi Pereira is uh, considered one of the main characters of Brazilian folklore. Of course, there are many versions of his lore, but he's commonly depicted as a young one-legged black kid who wears a red hat and is always smoking his pipe. There are a few stories to explain how he lost his leg, but the most common one is that he lost it fighting a caporia, a Brazilian type of martial art with African roots, Hmm. or had it chopped off by slavers when he was enslaved himself. It is believed that Sassi moves around as the winds swirl and there are techniques to capture and imprison him in glass bottles. He likes to play tricks, usually harmless, on people wherever he goes, such as toppling people's hats, spoiling food, and scaring horses. It's believed that he lives up to 77 years of age, and then he's transformed into a poisonous mushroom. This is 
this is something. Uh, Gerson goes on to say, uh, there are other versions of this mythical being in other South American countries, such as Argentina, Uruguay, and Paraguay. However, in Brazil, his lore originated in the southern region during the 18th century among the indigenous people known as the Guarani, but throughout time, it incorporated European and African influences. But let us get to the point. As I mentioned, the Sassi Perere is always depicted smoking a pipe. Of course, there is no way of knowing what he smoked in it, but I guess it was some type of cured twisted tobacco, or rope tobacco as we call it here in Brazil, very common among pipe smokers of the past who lived in small towns, villages, and farms on the Brazilian countryside. Symbolically, the smoke represents the connection between physical and spiritual worlds, Mm. as it does in many African-based religious Mm. ceremonies. The smoking element originates from its indigenous roots, but is also influenced by the African culture. Some versions of the Sasi depict him having a through-and-through hole in his hand, which has the purpose of other things, of facilitating the empty bowl Uh, the emptying of his bowl by knocking the pipe on his hand. Some say the hole is where he keeps the cinder to use to light his pipe. I included a few illustrations of this amazing Brazilian folklore character, and that's from our our, our good friend uh, Gerson. So I was not familiar with the lore of uh, and the and the folk tale of uh, Sassi Pereira, but um, but now I am. Okay, so this is so this is this is so fascinating, right? Because again, this speaks to what I was saying. Kind of goes, yeah. It's tangential to to um to our our topic. I know it's almost as if we're like we we structure and plan these episodes in the last. Couple of- <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's almost like there's some intention out here. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but uh, like. You think about it, like throughout folklore, we've seen the pipe play in such significant ways. Think about leprechauns, who are also kind of trickster characters from, you know, Irish folklore and otherwise. And then you, you know, we talk about uh, 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 Santa Claus, who's obviously a character from folklore as yeah. well. You know, pipe smoking Steve, who's Santa Claus most, is not real. probably the most iconic of all. Everyone, everyone has a pipe smoking Steve. Everybody uh, knows pipe smoking uh, Steve thing in their in their kitchen. Exactly. So the point is, <laughs> the point is though that like like the pipes have often like like represented something in folklore. I love the concept as he's talking about here is smoke being this combination or this connection between the physical and spiritual world. I think that's that's right on. I think that's why we see it play out in so many, especially like indigenous folks like, you know, across the planet, like the the way in which it's used in religious and cultural ceremonies. Like this is there's something, there's a truth here that exists in the myth, right? About about the pipe and the iconography of the pipe. And, you know, anyway, it deserves to be remembered, celebrated, grown upon, like, you know, and not forgotten. Yeah. Little mini soapboxes throughout. But this I'm- is, I know this is an episode that not very many people are, it's not going to resonate with everybody. And that's fine. And and it's kind of one, but it is a, it's been a bucket list episode for me for this yeah. reason, because all the dating all the way back to the earliest days of Country Squire Radio, I have felt this need for there to be pipe smoking well represented in the modern mythology in the modern narrative in the mod in our in our in our stories and the stories that we tell and the the, the you know the folklore of old and the way in which that yeah. incorporates into the newer stories of today yeah and you know we we have over the last 10 years like watched and chronicled and discussed and debated and theorized and presented the pipe as it has existed in pop culture, as it has existed in the collective cultural minds of pipe smokers everywhere. There is a need here that is not being met. 
And so to the yeah. writer, to the television producer or the, the, you know, movie director or the artist or whoever you are that's listening right now, you know, like don't make something for the sole purpose of putting the pipe in it. But if you're making something, ask yourself if the character would do well to incorporate that symbolism of what the pipe yeah, represents. And yeah. to those of you who are out there thinking, well, I just enjoy smoking my pipe. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you don't just enjoy smoking your pipe. You recognize that there's something, there's a communal aspect of this. And that community thrives when the art thrives. And so you gotta, you gotta be out there. You gotta be looking for it. You gotta support it. And so, all right. Final soapbox off. I'm done. (laughs) That being said, next week, man, we've got a great conversation. We're going to be talking about some of the thought leaders and pipe smokers who developed the mythology and the narratives of their time and the inklings. And I'm I'm just so excited for that conversation. That'll be a lot of fun. It'll be really fun. Well, all right, man. Well, hey, you know, as we mentioned, we're just a few days away from the big event. You know, of course, those episodes, you know, we've got a couple more weeks before those episodes actually hit the uh, hit the airwaves. We've got some great stuff coming your way. Yeah, between oh, now and then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, ew, excited, nervous, I know, man, emotional, nervous. all those like, things. Here we, we're coming, coming to a close. But um, man, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun processing a lot of this yeah. and thinking about it. And I don't know, I'm I'm excited about what's on the other side. That's right, man. Yeah. Hey, every every. Uh, Every story has its beginning, its middle, and its end. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've still got a couple more chapters in this book, pages in this chapter. I don't know what the right phraseology is, but <laughs> point, point being, man, we've got, uh, we've got a, a little bit more work here over the next couple of weeks, and we hope you yeah. stick with us and enjoy it, because uh, we certainly yeah. are. So thank yep. you all for being uh, with us. Hey, man, let's go have a day. See you, brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.